0: All right, guys. I have a very special guest today. She is the daughter of my favorite baseball player of all time. She is one of the newest members of the Valley Sports Broadcast Team for the Cincinnati Reds. She's none other than Anna Sabo. How you doing, Anna? It's actually Annie, but Annie Dagana, yes, Annie, yes, oh, Annie man. Sabo.
1: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: I'm good. Well, not so good. I messed your name up when we, when we first started off here. Sorry, Annie. <laughs> my bad. That's all right. So have you had have you had that happen a lot before? Or they say it wrong, or is it just me?
1: Um, I hate to put you on the spot, but I think it's just just you. But then again, people sometimes get it mixed up with Amy. So close
0: enough. Yeah, I figured it's just me. I mess up names a lot on here. I don't know why. Anyway, (laughs) welcome. Welcome back to the city of Cincinnati. Um, what I guess the, 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 the best thing to do is, is to have you introduce, you know, yourself and and talk about your career and how you got started in this and what brought you back to Cincinnati.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, this is year seven doing this. I went to the University of Michigan, uh, kind of following my dad. He is from Detroit, so I spent four years there. Had a great time there. And then, you know, in local TV, probably radio is very similar. you got to start in a very small market. So I went to Corpus Christi, Texas for the first two years of my career. High school football was the biggest thing there, so that was super fun for me to cover. So I spent two years in Corpus Christi, South Texas very hot. Then I went from there to Tampa, Florida, where I covered the Buccaneers, the Rays, and the Lightning for a couple of years. And then I finally cracked into the uh the regional sports market. And I went to Minnesota. So moving Ooh, from a, Tampa, Florida to Minnesota was yeah. was quite was quite the change. Right. Um but I spent two years there and covered the Timberwolves and the twins. So that was just so much fun for me. And then this past um fall I traveled and did college football work with Big Ten Network and now I am back here in my hometown of Cincinnati.
0: That is awesome you, you're just a, a country uh, traveler there but, I, that, but that was a big change we're going to from Florida to Minnesota and back to back years that would be that would be a, a quite quite an adjustment there weather-wise I would say.
1: Oh absolutely Um, <laughs> definitely had to overhaul the wardrobe a little (laughs) bit from shorts and flip-flops to parkas and heated vests and wool socks it was quite the adjustment but minnesota was a great place to work and i still keep in contact with a lot of people who i who i worked with there and it was a great two years
0: Awesome, awesome. Now it's interesting that you said you followed your dad's footsteps and went to University of Michigan. And that that some people down here in Ohio don't you know don't say the the uh, the M with it. It's more yeah. of like an Michigan is what how they pronounce it here. But uh, how is how was that experience there I, I, as far as Michigan goes in your college uh, college experience there? Loved
1: it, best experience ever. I will say though, I mean, I I grew up here in Cincinnati. My sister went to Ohio State. One of my two sisters went to Ohio State, so we have that represented as well. But loved my time in Michigan, got really involved in broadcasting, especially my junior and my senior year in college and worked for the football team and covered a lot of their games as well as the men's basketball team. So that was just so much fun. Um, have a lot of friends that I still keep in contact with at Michigan as well. We had some highlights. We had the men's basketball team going all the way to the national championship against Louisville one year so that was super super fun to cover but um overall a great experience I loved the University of Michigan it was a great four years and I definitely miss the college experience
0: right right exactly now it, with being uh, here a native Cincinnati and, and like I said I already told you my your, your dad was one of my favorite players so I have one of his bobbleheads here I got a couple of them over there and with the last name Sabo here in Cincinnati Ohio You would have to have gotten asked a million times. I would think, you know, do you know Chris Shiba? Are you related to him or anything like that? So I guess my question is, what was it like, first of all, growing up up as your dad being a major league baseball player and just growing up as, you know, one of the most, the favorite, one of the favorite ones in Cincinnati, you know, all time.
1: (laughs) I mean, to us, it was just, we called him dad. It was normal everyday living other than when we went to a Reds game or a Bengals game downtown, the Sabo chants were
0: yep.
1: a <laughs> plenty when we came down to Reds games and to Bengals games. Uh, but it it was truly really a, a special experience, I'll say. Um, I didn't really realize when I was younger how much my dad meant to the city of Cincinnati. And then you kind of grow up a little bit and realize how many people he impacted, the lives he impacted. And I had a lot of people come up to me on opening day this past week and say, I love baseball or I watch baseball now because of your dad and my son or my daughter now wear the specs because of your dad. So they kind of thanked me for that. So to us, it was normal um, growing up we call him dad i mean it's it's it is how it is but i mean when you go to a baseball game yeah you definitely realize how how much he impacted the city and the reds organization so um very lucky very blessed to have him in my life he's definitely helped me pursue this career i'd say and um can't wait to see him soon haven't seen him in a couple
0: months oh wow yeah and that, like I said, he was my favorite player. I mean, then 1988 Rookie of the Year, and that the rec specs, the hustle, the haircut, everything—that's what you know. That's what everyone always likes about your dad. And and his famous uh, saying for when they won the World Series is, "We got the ring, we got the money, we got everything. Thank you." Anyway, I like I said, I'm 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 a Chris Sabo geek. I literally, I think I have when I was a kid, I have like every baseball card he ever had as a since that I read. So it broke my heart when we didn't resign him and he went out and moved on to Baltimore. Anyway. We're here to interview you, not your father. But I but I just <laughs> wanna just tell That's you. that. All right. Yeah, I just want to tell you that he was one of my favorite players. Now let's move on to the, the current Reds team here. And unfortunately, they lost their third uh straight game in a row uh last night. Um when we came out of Atlanta, I thought they looked pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. I they were two and two, split it with Atlanta, the World Series champs. I didn't think they looked too bad. Cleveland came in here and pretty much put it on them. And then last night they came back and tied it up and then gave it up again. And later on uh, in the uh, game to lose for their third straight loss. What's your feelings about the the Reds coming into the season? And where do you think they are at right right now?
1: Well, coming into the season, I felt like there were a lot of question marks, right? How the bullpen was going to come together, what the starting rotation was going to look like what the offense was going to look like. And I agree with you in a sense that I was very pleased with how they played the first series in Atlanta. Obviously, Cleveland, you're right, really did uh, put an offensive number up on the Reds um, in their two-game series here. And then last night, things looked good until you know the eighth inning. So as of right now, I, I truly just think that, The bullpen is definitely something to keep an eye on. I I still feel like David Bell is trying to figure out who fits best in the starting rotation and how the bullpen is kind of going to take shape throughout the course of the season. I feel like he's kind of putting guys in different positions in terms of, you know, middle, middle reliever and testing different closers out. I mean, yesterday we saw an opener. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the the pitching staff, for the most part, is still kind of being worked on. They're right, trying to work right. out all the kinks, and, and hopefully that comes together soon. Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Reds tied the game again last night against uh, the Dodgers, and things were looking good until that, until that eighth inning. So I think once the pitching staff fully starting pitchers, and as well as the relief core, really takes shape, and is more consistent in terms of, you know, I know I'm coming in in this inning, or we know this particular pitcher is going to come in in this inning to face, you know, right-handed or left-handed bats. I feel like that's when things are going to take shape. That's my long-winded answer to your question.
0: No, no, that's that's a good answer. I mean, it's pretty much kind of where I'm at because I – I, I'll be honest. You know, I, I haven't been the most enthusiastic about the season, you know, cause of what they, the lack of movement in the off season and the mm-hmm. players that have left. But I have said that I think this team, if the pitching is there and they stay healthy, can, has a chance to at least be 500. And with the new playoff format, if you're 500, you have a shot of at least getting into the playoffs. So will that happen? I don't know. And I do agree with you that they have to try to figure out the bullpen of who's coming in, where, who's doing what, because that to me, it's it helps guys out if you know this is your role this is what you're going to do Mm -hmm. and but that's typically not a david bell thing so i don't know if he'll actually fully get to a you know a closer and a Mm -hmm. setup guy and all that stuff but if we get guys close to the uh, right role that will help now you get to uh cover the reds every single day and now i think i think you guys are are allowed back in the dugout and everything so we're we're somewhat back to normal which is good what is it like covering joey vada because he Mm -hmm. has been on he finally got on Uh, TikTok and Instagram and all that stuff. And he's blowing up and he looks like he's having the time of his life. What What is it like to cover Joey Votto?
1: You know, it's kind of another life come full circle moment for me. My dad worked with him a lot in the early stages of his career when I was a lot younger growing up here in Cincinnati. So to see him at the age he is at right now, still succeeding and still here in Cincinnati, Really coming out of his shell and joining the TikToks and joining all the social media stuff. I mean, it's been a treat to watch. I find it hysterical. I have been told that he is working on a new TikTok. He filmed something with Joe Burrow on opening day. That's what uh, my inside sources are telling me. So I look forward to that video. But just a joy, uh, a, a professional on and off the field, that's for sure. And just hoping he has another great season like he did last year.
0: Absolutely. Now the funny thing, you bring it up that you said that Joey Votto and, and Joe Burrow are going to do a TikTok. I literally, when they when they were talking on the field the other day, I videoed them talking, and I put it up on my TikTok with with no sound. And I just kind of did a, you know, I was like, "Hey, Joe. Hi, Joe. Nice to meet you, Joe. Hey, you want to mm-hmm. do a TikTok?" <laughs> is what I said <laughs> on my TikTok. And now you're saying they're going to do it. That is freaking hilarious. I just thought that was, that that cracked me up. <laughs> but yeah, so it's full circle. That's really interesting. So so you met Joey before you even got into any of the, any of this stuff so did he remember you is it was it awkward now that you have to interview him and, and not just be you know a, a friend or is it how does how that go on
1: well I will say I haven't gotten to speak to him yet since oh, yeah. I'm kind of doing the pre and post game stuff right. my area is kind of above the field for the <laughs> right. most part right. um so I haven't got to meet him in person yet but I'm sure that'll be a uh Interesting experience, and I'm sure he'll, he'll remember my dad. I don't know if I met him ever in person prior to leaving Cincinnati. I can't remember. I was so much yeah. younger. I got gotcha. you. But can't wait to finally, you know, go on go one-on-one with him, and I'm sure he'll remember my dad, and it'll be Absolutely. fun to get to talk to him.
0: Absolutely. Now, you were covering uh, uh, the Reds opening day yesterday, or excuse me, Two three days ago, and it was a little chilly. And by the way, you had uh, I love the, the 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 shoe game. The Jordans they look they look awesome. I, I <laughs> really you. appreciate this. I'm a I'm a big Jordan guy, big shoe guy. So I like that stuff. So uh, growing up here in Cincinnati, and now covering it, what was what does uh, opening day like to mean to you? Because it always it's a very special day here in Cincinnati. What what does it mean to, to Annie Sable growing up here in Cincinnati and now be able to come back home and cover it?
1: Well, I think you don't realize how good we have it here in Cincinnati until you leave and then come back to cover it. I think I definitely took it for granted growing up here. We always left school and came down here to celebrate opening day. I just remember it always being a celebration. And this was before the banks were even a thing. We used to come down to downtown Cincinnati and just kind of walk around the ballpark and eventually go in. And obviously my dad was a huge hit. So that was always fun. Going into opening day and then getting to cover it with the banks being at full capacity like it was on opening day. Just getting to see that and see everyone dressed in their red and having a great time. And everyone coming together to celebrate baseball in what I still believe is the best baseball town in this country. Was special. A day that I won't forget for a very long time. But, I mean, everyone was just in such a good mood, too. I mean, there were no negative feelings had by anyone, anywhere. It was just an awesome experience getting to cover it for, for Valley sports. And um, yeah, I just want to reiterate that we have easily the best opening day celebrations across the country when it comes to Reds Baseball.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, I moved away for a couple of years ago. My wife is from Florida from Tampa Bay area. Okay, And, and that was right when uh, the Rays were starting. So it was back in 98. We, I lived down there for 98 and, or ninety eight ninety nine. Anyway, they had their, you know, their opening of their, their, their season, of their, their team, their franchise. And I'm like, wow, this sucks. <laughs> I said, <laughs> this is nothing. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, dude, in Cincinnati, we have a parade. People take off work. I mean, it's a party. Yeah. I mean, it's, this is, this is nothing. And then that's, that is, again, that's before the banks. And I think the banks have been such a huge addition down there. It's just, it's a place now they have the door district. So, You can go down there and you can walk from from bar to bar with with, with your favorite drink or whatever, and just have fun. Everybody it's just a sea of red opening day. And that oh yeah. I mean, yeah, the banks,
1: awesome. I walk around that area quite a bit. The restaurants, the drinks, I mean, just the people out there all the time. And on a day like today where it's sunny and about 65 degrees, just a perfect area. I mean, I can't say enough about the downtown area that's that's grown so much since I moved away and come back. It's just so much fun. And I'm enjoying my time back here in Cincinnati, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> you look like – I watched some of your, your TikToks, and, and I can see you're already uh, uh, picking on Sam McCure, which which I think is great. I, I love Sam McCure. <laughs> I, I think you had your, your Instagram on there the other day where you caught him uh, putting lotion on his legs or whatever. Yeah. So that, that was hilarious.
1: <laughs> yeah, Sam, I will say I've worked with a lot of analysts. And Sam is by far the funniest one that I've worked with. He has a great personality, always positive, always happy, always down to, you know, improve on the show or down to just have fun on live television all the time. So working with him has been has been a treat. And yeah, the lotion on the legs post-show <laughs> was something that I haven't seen before in my life. And so I had to get it on video because I was, laughing hysterically
0: <laughs> I, I was laughing with you when, when you, you videoed it he's like i ah, don't do that yeah he like ran away yeah so was...
1: he said he was going to get lotion because our hands were so dry this was the this was a couple weeks ago when uh-huh. it was just so cold and it was you know sleeting right. rain and right. i was like i need some lotion for my hands too and so he went to go get it and then he's putting it all over his arms and his legs <laughs> in the office and i'm like what are you doing
0: <laughs> right exactly it was
1: it was an unreal experience and uh just had to get it on video because it was too funny
0: oh absolutely you 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 have a moment like that you can't let it go by especially in this day and age i mean the camera is always on so always on (laughs) exactly that's what you always i always try to tell my kids like the is always on back in like thank god it wasn't like that when i was growing up back in the 80s and 90s because who knows what what the hell dumb crap I was doing back then that got right? on video. You're always back being
1: then. watched right. unfortunately in this right. day and age.
0: <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So, you got you and you and uh Jim Day. Um what is Jim Day like? And and, and are you going to be on his podcast sometime soon cuz Jim Day's podcast it's a little bit bigger than mine. It's it's close, you know. <laughs> but are you going to be on his podcast anytime soon?
1: I hope so. I hope to as John Sadak calls it. Uh I hope to get a rose to uh <laughs> appear on Jim Day's podcast, but Good. Uh, he's hilarious. A guy that I grew up watching as a kid growing up here in Cincinnati. He has right. does some accents that he's very good at. Uh, yes, yes, can, can uh, you know, do Sam's accent. <laughs> can, you know, it, it's some great stuff. So he's, his, his he's a good Naren guy. Jim can. yeah, Yeah. <laughs> great accent guy. Exactly. Um, but yeah, his podcast is great. He always does a great job. I mean, there's a reason why he's been here in Cincinnati and doing this for so so long. He does a great job at, at what he does. But funny guy, nice, welcoming, and great podcast.
0: Yeah, Jim. Day. Yeah, exactly. I I listen to it all the time, and, and you're and you're welcome, Jim. I know you just got to plug from the Strawberry Ice podcast, so you know your numbers <laughs> might go up now. <laughs> well, you brought up a uh, uh, Sadak, and I I. Last year he was his first year he was here and I have thoroughly enjoyed him being a part of the team. I think he is another one who's freaking hilarious. His his Star Wars fandom I think is unbelievable, and the way he, <laughs> and just the stories and the way he brings stuff in and t- to the broadcast. I, I think he he is really good at, at his job job as as well.
1: Oh yeah, he is. Most likely has a photographic memory. Unfortunately, I wish I had that too because he is just phenomenal in the few games that I've gotten to watch him hear and listen to him. Right, Unreal job. I mean, the man knows everything about the game of baseball, everything about the Reds, the way he is able to articulate a lot of the points he makes, phenomenal. And again, just can't say enough about how nice of a guy he is. He was telling me last week that... His daughter picked out a puppy, so they're going to get a puppy either this week or the following week. I think they're going to get a golden doodle. So I was like, oh, my gosh, the most exciting day ever as a kid. So right. he is great. I think he does an excellent job, and I really enjoy listening to him as well.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I love puppies. But I like other people's puppies. It's kind of, it's kind of, yeah. Like, it's kind of like, I I love babies. I think they're cute, but I like other people's babies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, our, our, we already had our, our babies. Our babies are, are getting are older now. So that's fine. Cause puppies Aww. are cute and cuddly and everything. But oh my God, they, they're trying to get them to, to sleep at night and potty training them at all. Oh my goodness. I don't, I don't. Yep. It's <laughs> I don't like
1: baby land all over again. Yes, I have my yes. dog here with me, but she's She's two. So she's older now. But, ah. um,
0: What's your dog's Potty name? Body training
1: her in Minnesota was not be really fun.
0: Oh, I bet it wasn't. What's your, what's your dog's name?
1: Funny enough, we named her Corona prior <laughs> to the virus even starting. And so oh my, my husband and I decided to name her after a beer we thought would be funny. So we both right. decided on Corona and then the world ended. And right. everyone asked me to this day if I named my dog after the virus. And my answer is no.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. What a name. But that's funny because my, my old neighbor, uh, he he has, his dog was uh, Jaeger. For yeah Master. see so yeah it's, it's, it's not it's not weird it just happens to be the name of a world pandemic that we had but you know it happens
1: right I'll, everyone <laughs> always remembers her name so like oh yeah that's the girl who named <laughs> her dog after the virus even right. though i do not
0: <laughs> what is wrong with her oh my god I know. <laughs> <laughs> well annie thank you very much for joining the show and i apologize for messing your name up at first uh, don't but- worry about it it yeah. happens. Yeah, I know. I, I had Chris Welch on here la- last year. I didn't say his name wrong, but I spelled it freaking wrong. I'm like, oh my goodness. So I, <laughs> I, I, I end up messing uh, Red's broadcaster's names up for some reason. I don't know. It's just a thing I got. Anyway, uh, tell everybody uh, where they can follow you at and whatever else you want to promote while you're on here before I let you go.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, both Annie Sabo on Twitter and Instagram, and that's pretty much all the social media stuff that I have. Once. Annie underscore Sabo. The other one is similar. I don't even know. But basically, if you look up my name on, on Instagram and Twitter, right. that's where exactly. you find my stuff.
0: Yeah, <laughs> go, go follow her because she's, she's fun to follow follow on Instagram, that's for sure. Thank you. All right, Annie. Well, I enjoyed it, and we'll have to do this again. So thanks for joining the show. Thank you for having me. See ya.
1: All right, bye. Bye-bye.